Blessings to you, my friend. This is Pastor McGee with Empowerment Ministries Christian Center, and you're listening to Empower the City Podcast. I pray today that your hearts are blessed, minds renewed, and you are infused with the passion to serve God like never before. Blessings to you, and enjoy the message. Book of Genesis, chapter number 24, verses number one. The Bible declares, Abraham was now very old, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the senior servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant asked him, what if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? Abraham responded, make sure that you do not take my son back there. Jesus, that's powerful there. I don't want him messing with no sisters here, but I don't need him going back to the projects either. I'm just... uh, Verse number seven. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household in my native land and who spoke to me and promised me on oath, saying to your offspring, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham, and swore an oath to him concerning this this matter. Father, now in Jesus' name, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity to minister uh, the word of God to the people of God. God, now hiding myself behind the cross that men may not see, give honor, glory to Greg. I need your chiefest of anointings to rest upon me now so that I can communicate the word clearly with clarity and yet with authority of the word. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, Today I am starting a brand new series simply entitled Building Strong Marriages. Somebody shout a strong marriage. Now, help me out just for a second. Um, All the married individuals in here, make some noise. That's encouraging. That's very encouraging. Okay. All the singles who one day would like to be married, make some noise. Okay, now don't be advertising. Woo! Over here, woo! Okay. All the singles, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, never want to go back, make some noise. Well, praise him. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so for, for the singles that, you know, been there, done, they got the T-shirt, I need you guys to hang on for the next couple of weeks and just take some notes for the friends that you got. <laughs> because this is what I'm going to be dealing with. I'm going to be ministering to both married couples and individuals that are one day pursuing to be married because the reality is, Um, In my counseling office, I give, I teach and give from the same biblical wisdom to both. 
The only difference is usually the premarital couple, couple is a little bit more optimistic versus the married couple getting ready to kill each other. <laughs> so they both get the same wisdom. And so we're going to be in that vein for uh, the next, next couple of weeks. When, when I think of uh, building a strong marriage, um, if you're going to build anything, this building right here, if, if it's going to go high, then the foundation has to be strong. And, and sometimes in relationships, we're not really able to build high because from the beginning, the foundation was weak. Are y'all with me? So I, I just want to highlight, and, and I'm, I'm going to go through these rather quickly. Um, so if you want my notes, either get with my wife or um, there are a couple of others. Uh, Deacon Chapman, he has my notes. Ask them for them, and he can email them to you. I want to deal, first of all, with wrong motives for marriage. Uh, number one, because all of my friends are getting married. Not a good reason. Uh, to fulfill some romantic dream, to escape from the pain of my, I just want to leave the house. <laughs> so the first one to, to propose, I'm gone. Um, to get even with the person that dumped me. Oh, so you're going to do me like that? I'm going to show you. I'm going to be married tomorrow. To create a better family life than the one I had growing up. And although that's a noble cause, um, there's, there's so much fight and struggle within a marriage, and I want to be very, very transparent. If for no other reason, because it's right, the devil tries to fight what's right. Because, because it's so, so, there's so many heartaches and struggles within a marriage, that alone can't be the foundation as to why you're pursuing to be with someone else. Are y'all with me? To prove that I'm stable and can make a commitment, to prove that I'm not struggling with homosexuality, and believe me, that's a real one right there. To please my family and friends, to please the person I'm dating, I'm going to go ahead and get married, or simply to have as much sex as I want. <laughs> and brother, I just want to help you right there. If you getting married for that reason, you, uh, watch this. It's, it's a headache spirit you're going to have to deal with. It's a, a stomach ache, a toe ache. It's just the ache spirit that you're going <laughs> to... Sound like I'm talking from experience. <laughs> <laughs> to have children, not a good reason. So my children can grow up in a two-parent home. Um, again, that's a noble cause, but watch this. When they get out the house, then what y'all got? I want to get married because I want to be needed. I want somebody to make me happy. I want to get married uh, be because I want somebody to financially support me. Now, hear, hear me, hear me clearly, man. For the, for the past 15 years of pastoral ministry, I've had over half of these being voiced or dug up as the true reason why you want to get with her or the true reason why you want to get with him. And it explained later on why there were so many shaky things in the marriage because the foundation was wrong. So when it comes to marriage, let's look at the biblical foundation of marriage. And I want to highlight just two components. And, and there are many things that you can base marriage on within the scripture. But I want to deal with the primary two things that God announces from the very beginning. Number one, for an intimate companionship which ministers to the deepest part of an individual providing love, significance, and security. Marriage is not about your happiness. It's about you striving to make the other person whole and healed and happy it's about you ministering to them 
Marriages that normally crash are the ones that go into it with the idea, I want that person to make me feel complete. I want that person to make me feel whole. These are successful marriages when you have two people that have not selfish, selfless attitudes and their, their primary goal in life is to minister to the other person. So number one, for intimate companionship, which minister to, ministers to the deepest part of the individual, providing love, significance, and security. Number two, to assist each other in fulfilling their God-giving plan on earth. Now, where did you get this from? I got this from the very first thing that God has to say concerning marriage. The Bible declares, God says, it is not good. Somebody shout, not good. Now, this is God talking. God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Now, now watch this, because... He said it's not good for the man to be alone, but he was there. Angels were there. Animals were there. But the man was still alone. You know why? Because God could minister to him spiritually, but there was no one like Adam that could minister to him physically and emotionally. So although there are people around you, you yet are alone because you have no one significant to minister to meet those needs that I placed on the inside of you. So he said, it's not good for you to be alone. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to make you a helper that's suitable for you. A helpmate that's, that's suited for you. What is a helpmate? Adam already has an assignment. He already knows what his destiny is. God has already given him instruction. So I'm going to place someone, watch this, not behind you, not in front of you, by your side, because the woman, she was pulled where, y'all? From the side of man. I'm going to put her by your side that's going to help you to fulfill your purpose and your destiny in life. Can you say amen to that? Now, now watch this. For those of you guys who, who've been following us in Bible study, we've been on this um, this kick concerning faith, and we've been looking at the life of Abraham, and, and we, we've been really, really just highlighting Genesis chapter number 12, the things that God promised to Abraham, and I just want to pick up just a couple of thoughts there. The Bible declares, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country for uh, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. All people on earth will be blessed through you. So God speaks to Abram, and basically there's two things that he's talking to him about. Number one, land, terror, some stuff that I'm going to give you. Number two, a seed that I'm going to give you. And the reason I'm going to give you this seed is because I'm going to birth a nation of people that's going to be a blessing to the rest of the world. Took 25 years for Isaac to manifest and then Abraham lived another, I think, 40 or 60 years. But his life as a whole with God was a blessed life. I need you to hear that. His life with God was a blessed life. And sometimes there's a temptation for us to go outside of the will of God to pursue a blessing when the reality is if you really want a blessed life, you need to do it within the confines of what God has spoken. Can you say amen to that? So Abraham has a blessed life. And when we get to chapter number 24, he is at the end of his life, and everything that God has spoken, him, spoken to him to do, he has accomplished it except for one thing. I've had the child. I'm in the land of Canaan. I've gained possession. I've built wealth to transfer to the next generation. So everything God you've spoken and challenged me to do, I have done it except one thing. And we find out what that one thing is in, in chapter number 24. Abraham was now very old, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to his senior servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear 
by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites. Abraham has accomplished everything that God has desired for him to accomplish, but this one thing, and that is finding a wife for Isaac. Because if Isaac is messed up, he has the potential to cancel out the promise that God gave to his father Abraham. So this is a careful search for Isaac and his wife. Now, now let's, 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 let's cut, to the, cut to the chase here. Concerning what's getting ready to happen right now is what is known as an arranged marriage. Arranged marriage, basically, your mama and your daddy get together and they negotiate and they find you a spouse. Praise the Lord. Whereas in America, we primarily focus on affection-based marriages. You find you cute. <laughs> primarily focuses on the will of the individual. Now, now watch this. Um, concerning marriage, whether affection-based or um, arranged marriage, there is no law. It's basically driven by culture. We see this is, this is high culture in the Old Testament. We see some uh, arranged marriages in the New Testament, but primarily affection-based marriages in the New Testament. So there's ne not necessarily a right or wrong, and, and to, to prove that, in, in the United States, we look at Eastern cultures and we frown on them because they have arranged marriages. The reality is they look at us with our affection-based and they frown on us. Pros and cons of both, and I just want to highlight that real quickly. Pros of, of an arranged marriage, you have somebody that's a seasoned adult that has an opportunity to check out the character of who you're about to commit your life to for the rest of your life. The cons are there's no consideration for the will of the couple. In the affection-based marriage, it's the polar opposite. You have the will of the couple that is the priority but oftentimes in an affection-based marriage, seasoned advice from older couples is often avoided. Now, I'm not for either or. I think it should be a healthy combination of both of them. No, I should not control the will of my sons nor my daughters. No, they get to marry who they love, but by the same token, there is a wisdom that I can give them to help them to navigate through some of the hellacious situation that I went through. So you don't have to make the same mistakes that I, I made. Now, for all of my singles that are pursuing marriage, hear, hear this wisdom just for a second. This is the mistake that most couples make in pursuing marriage. You find someone that you are like, that you're attracted to, and what happens is you take this relationship and you bring it in the dark. When I say dark, I'm not, I'm not saying evil or corruptness or anything like that, but it's in the dark, and the relationship grows in the dark. You fall in love in the dark, just the two of you guys. So by the time you're ready to make this public, then you bring it to people who you respect, and you say, Ta-da! Now here is the problem. When you bring it in the light of those who you respect and they begin to critique what grew in the dark, 
Now it's easy for you to get offended, and it's easy for you to get offended because your heart is tied to something that theirs is not. You know the Bible says love covers what, y'all? A multitude of sin. That works for God, but it works against us. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because when your heart is connected to something, you, you're easy to minimize faults within the person. And that's great once you're married. Because I have no faults, so there's great love for me to minimize. There's a love that I have for my wife, and there's a love that she has for me, and there are certain things that I know irritates her, but she loves this chocolate brother right here. And I love this macadamia nut. <laughs> because of my love, there are certain things that I minimize that I don't like because of the strong bond that I've developed. But watch this. When you are approaching marriages, there are certain things that you can't afford to minimize because it's a shaky foundation. And if you allow your love to overlook it, my friend, if you step into the confines of marriage with, let, let me, let me, let me, let me, watch, watch this, watch this. This is, this is what we, 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 we approach marriage with. We all approach marriage. With junk in the trunk. <laughs> My, Greg Jr. in here? Jeez. <laughs> Greg want that $5, y'all. <laughs> Get in trouble. Tell you about Greg Jr. Boy, one thing you don't want to do is open up his book bag, his gym bag, with them shoes in it. It's some stuff that needs to be brought and aired out. And there are times when you approach someone, you don't want them to see nor smell. Now, now, come on, let's, let's, let's be real, let's, let's be real, let's be real, let's be real. Fine, can you stand up just for a second? This is my oldest sister. Don't she look beautiful, y'all? Don't she look, don't she look beautiful? Now, now, watch this, just stand up, just stand up. She gonna lie, but I know the truth. I'm gonna ask her the question, she gonna lie anyway, but we all know the truth. Here's the question, did you wake up like that? Oh, okay. Oh, she told the truth. She told her she, she don't got delivered, y'all. She didn't wake up like that. You know what she did? Stand, what? Stand up. Watch this. She put a war paint on. She put Tyreek on. <laughs> Them pearls, and she looked absolutely beautiful. And I'm not saying you don't look beautiful when you first wake up. Well, I did grow up in the house with you. You can have a seat. I'm going to get in trouble. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but, 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 but watch this. But watch, watch this. When you first go on a date, you put on your best. Come on, fellas. Chris, hook me up. Fresh line. <laughs> Fix that beard up. Chop, chop. Yeah, chop, chop. Yeah. If you ain't got, can't get a line, he'll, he'll, he'll throw something on there and line it up.
So when you first meet and you go on the date, you be like, how you doing? Sup, sup, girl. That's what I did. Sup, girl. <laughs> Show name, fine self. <laughs> you putting on your best. But, but, but watch this, watch this. You can't get married like that because both of y'all got some unpacking you know you need to do. And again, what happens is when the relationship just grows in the dark, by default, there are some things that become visible. But if you fall in love in the dark without any examination of any external people that you trust who, who love you, and watch this, because they love you, they want you to make the best decision for your future. And because they love you and want, to make the, want you to make the best decision for your future, there sometimes they'll see something in the other individual that you have minimized because of your love, but they see, no, that's, that, that's major. So, so watch this, man. Um, it doesn't matter if it's an arranged marriage or affection-based marriage. There are some things as we are approaching marriage that are a priority for consideration in moving forward. And I just want to deal with one of those things on, on today. Abram talks to his senior servant, and he says, put your hand under my thigh and swear by the Lord. What he is doing, this is called swearing by posterity. And it, what it means is, this is so serious, that if you fail to do what I'm asking you to do, by law, my seed has the right to eradicate you and your family. Now, that's pretty serious right there. Chat. Next Sunday, I want the arrow on, at seven, at, at, on Saturday by 7 o'clock. If it's not on by Saturday at 7 o'clock, all of us going to stone you. <laughs> now, sir, would you agree to that? <laughs> he said, <laughs> Felicia, like the devil, Felicia waving her hand, the devil is a lie. He a lie. <laughs> Felicia, you'll get paid, though, girl. You'll get paid. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Felicia, what neighborhood you grew up in? Oh, Lord, that's okay. I take it back. I take it back, sir. So this is a pretty serious thing. If this don't come to pass, my seed eradicates you and everything that you love. And, he, and that's why in the rest of the conversation, he was like, well, what if we don't find nobody? Do, do I need to take him? He's trying to make some concessions here. So, so. Look, look, what he, look what he wants his servant to swear about. Watch this. Swear by the Lord that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites. Two reasons. Number one, because my son is going to need somebody to minister to him, and that sister can't do it. Number two, I realized that God made me a father of many nations. And what blessed, this, what blessed my journey is that he gave me a woman whose name meant mother of many nations. So I need to make sure that the woman that you get complements your destiny to fulfill your God's God-given plan for your life. Are y'all with me in this place? 
Now, now what, he's, what he's saying here, this is throughout the rest of the text. Let me give you some proof text. 1 Corinthians 7.39, Paul says, A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. If her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes. But only, watch this, he, if he loves what, y'all? You can marry whoever you want if you're a Christian woman, but they got to love the Lord. Well, he go to church, he got to love the Lord. He got baptized when he was three years old. He got to love the Lord. He cried when I talked about Jesus. He got to love. I'm, 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 I got I to gotta deal with this because, watch this, because sometimes, Jesus, say it plainly, sometimes you can be so desperate for marriage that you'll be willing to compromise your own faith just to hook up with somebody. And I'm telling you, when you compromise like that, you set yourself up. Let me give you some more text. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse number 8. Anybody get anything out of this? Paul says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with, with darkness? Now, I'm, I'm just showing you what the Bible says, what the Bible says. The Bible says marriage is a yoke, brothers. It's a yoke. Any brothers, can you feel it? Them brothers quiet. <laughs> Monte didn't say nothing. Monte put his head down. He's smart, dude. <laughs> Brother Jeff didn't even have my bag. Brother Jeff, you can't? Just say. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Jeff said, I'm trained. <laughs> Sister Wendy, why are you over there doing this? Leave that man alone, girl. I see. <laughs> I didn't tell you to talk. <laughs> watch, watch this. It's, it's a yoke. It's a yoke. It's a yoke. And watch this. A yoke is good. A yoke, a yoke is good when... You have somebody with you. Come here, my sweetie. Yeah, pull it down. You're looking fine today. I do want you to know you're looking fine. You, that, that might be in the box. <laughs> Put your jacket on, babe. You looking. Put your jacket on, girl. Jesus. I finally confessed to her uh, a couple of months back, I got a special draw. Because I, simple wisdom, married brothers, I will never fuss about what my wife wear again, ever. I'm just going to wash it and put it up. <laughs> Have you seen my dress? I ain't seen that in weeks. <laughs> and I ain't lying, mother, I ain't seen it in weeks. <laughs> Marriage is a yoke. Yoke me up, girl. Come on. Yoke up. No, just, no, put your own yoke on. Yoke. <laughs> watch this. Watch this. Marriage works great when you both pull it in the same direction. Watch this. When we pull it in the same direction, not only can we go faster, we can go further. But sometimes 
you can want to hook up with somebody who fine. And girl, you looking fine. Now, Jesus, don't do it. Don't turn around. Don't, don't, don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. She messing with me now, y'all. Y'all see she tried to throw it. <laughs> go, Beyonce, go, girl. Turn that way, turn that way. So, so, when you pulling in opposite directions, whoo, either you gonna, watch this, either you gonna drag them, and how happy is this marriage gonna be with you dragging them? Or, you gonna really try to stand firm, and then eventually become discouraged in your spirit because you can't move forward because you always got somebody pulling against you. Amen. Marriage is a yoke. Some of y'all nasty. What y'all laughing at? You, you, you so nasty. Get your mind out the gutter. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with y'all up here. <laughs> mother say, where you going with this? I want to see where you going with this one. <laughs> we good, mother. We good. We good. We good. Yeah. At praise the Lord of the church. What church you go to? Oh, is that right? Uh, Bishop Willie Wills, uh, Williams? That's what's up. Okay. I'm going to tell him you changed memberships today. <laughs> <laughs> Bishop, we love you. <laughs> we, we can still be friends, but I got a new mother now. Yeah. Yeah. Son, bring me my stand there, man. Bring me my stand. Now, now, we're talking about being equally yoked, e equally yoked, equally yoked. In, in several, okay, okay. Do I have the key? Yes, I do. <laughs> and I didn't give it to chat. I got the key. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, so man, this is, this is tough. <laughs> I don't want to be yoked to you. <laughs> I got it. You got it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, 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 watch this. Watch this. I'm talking about spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, socially. F foundations is spiritually. Is brother man actually saved? I mean, is does he really love the Lord? Not is he not is is he a good person? Because because watch this. Um, there are times when God asks me to do certain things and it would be easily, easy for a wife who don't know Jesus to say, it don't take all of that. The problem is, it does take all of that because I'm trying to please Jesus. So if the brother or the sister really ain't saved, then you're going to be pulling and either you're going to hurt him are you going to be mad at them for the rest of your life because they will not allow you to obey God the way you 
not just spiritually, what about emotionally? Have you actually dealt with the, bring, bring me that can, sir, bring me that can. I saw this happening faster in my head. I saw it happening a lot faster in my head. Thank you. You go, you, oh, I was, I was going. <laughs> Emotionally, when you going to deal with this? You mean to tell me you're going to bring this in our marriage? Question is, are you going to hook up with them knowing this is in them? Because sometimes it's not that it's not the right person. Sometimes right person, wrong time. So it took 40 years for them to build this mess. And you believe in God in 40 days. I'm, I'm hurt as a child, taken advantage of as a child, disappointed in high school, regrets in college, disappointments on the job. It's a lot of hurt and it's a lot of frustration. And let me just talk, I'm talking to everybody, but especially my African-American brothers and sisters because our culture is the world's worst when it comes to considering counseling as an option. There's some mess you can't deal with by yourself. Well, I'm just, I'm just going, and y'all heard it, y'all heard it before. Hey, hey, won't you come to church with me? Well, man, I'm gonna come when I get myself together. They've been saying that for 10 years. Because the reality is, if you get yourself together without Jesus, what you need him for? You can't do it by yourself. You need him. And watch this. Not only do you need him, you need whoever he chooses to help you to process through the mess that you got going on on the inside of yourself. So spiritually, emotionally, not only spiritually, not only emotionally, but also intellectually, are we on the same page when it comes to intellect? I don't need that. I'm good. I'm good. Give me a hug. <laughs> are we on the same page intellectually? Do we have stimulating conversation? Are we into equally yoked socially? I, I, got, I got good friends. <laughs> good friends both of them are in the political um, arena and um, from time to time we'll have uh, you know we'll be at the same gathering and they make me tired looking at them because the way they work the crowd from and it's like I can only smile so long <laughs> and then your jaws start shaking it's like they can just hold it <laughs> like how you do that Watch this. If I was married, my buddy, if I was married to his wife, she'd be mad at me every day because I'd be like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> and, you know, I try to be polished and poised and all the other kind of stuff. But when I get tired, no, I got portion and come out of me. Hey, dog, I got to roll. <laughs> but this is the mayor. Good to meet you, bro. We'll see you. I'm out. <laughs> e equally yoked. Equally. This, this is important. I want to deal with one more issue. Um, now, the Bible says this. Th this is not Greg. This is the Bible. If you're going to get married, Abraham said, 
Don't mess with them Canaanite sisters. You know the story of Solomon, the wisest man on earth, right? Because he gave his heart to foreign women that didn't honor his God, they pulled his heart away from his God. And you just can't look at external factors alone, just aesthetics, number one, number two, because they seem to go through the motions of worship or go because they go to church. I know a whole bunch of folk that go to church. They ain't in love with Jesus at all. But let's take it a little, little further. Sometimes you can yoke up with the right person and things are well. Spiritually, you guys are moving emotionally, intellectually, socially. You guys really have it going on. And something happens and your partner backslides. It's real. One of my friends right now started out preaching um, powerful men of God um, several years ago, pastor in his own church. Uh, now he's an alcoholic, no longer pastoring, not really attending church. Because this, this we fell to realize. So you can, you can actually get delivered. You can get delivered set free from a lot of stuff. But how many know, as long as people, you in the world with people, more hurt always surfaces. So there's a possibility that more junk can be put in the trunk. And sometimes what happens is, you at a place where you were good, but you got hurt again, you got disappointed again, something happened that you thought that would never happen, and now you close the lid on that area in your life and you stop growing. You, you, you don't understand? Come here, my son. Come here, come here, come here. Come here. We're we going to light jog the chat. We're going to light jog, jog the chat. Ready? Go, 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 go. Sometimes you... Thank you. <laughs> come back, son. He messed it up. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, okay. Light jog to Chatman. Let's do it. Sometimes you can go, but your partner stopped growing. They stopped growing spiritually. Don't read the word no more. Don't pray. Come to church, but just going through the motions. Sometimes emotionally they stop developing. Because every year you should be getting better. You should be, be, be getting clarity within your emotions. You, you shouldn't be... The way you handle difficulties this year shouldn't be the same way you handled it last year. You should be learning. You should be growing every year. Can you say amen to that? Intellectually, you should, you should maintain the sharpness about yourself socially. And sometimes you stuck. And watch this. Partner can't minister to you because they ain't really connected to God the way they should be. Emotionally, they can't feel you because they've stopped processing themselves. How can I tell you you're going to make it when I don't even think I can make it? So here's a wisdom that I want to give to couples that are stuck. Stuck. Pastor, had I known what well, you didn't know, both of y'all started out on fire. Both of y'all were saved. And then sometimes both of you guys were both in your sins, both in the world. You got saved, you got saved first. 
and you feel the call of God upon your life. You feel the pull of God upon your life. But it's hard to pull away from a woman. It's hard to, wait, hard to pull a man that don't want to go nowhere in God. So this is what the scripture says. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, verse number 12. It says, to the rest I say this, I not the Lord. If any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not. Don't put her to the side. Don't divorce her. I know you're ready to give up on him. Don't divorce him. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, he, he's willing. She must not divorce him. Now, let's, let's press pause just, just for a second. I'll take that napkin now. No, you got it. Thank you. Let's deal with this because I want to I wanna clarify this. To the rest, I say this. If any brother has a wife, she's not saved, and she is willing to live with him, don't divorce her. If a woman has a husband who is not a believer and is, somebody shout willing, willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. Let me throw this in here. Beating you upside your head is not willing. Calling you out your name and emotionally, physically abusing you is not a willingness to be with you. And I need you to hear your pastor because I'm not, I'm not challenging you to stay in something and then I wind up having to do a funeral because I stole, told you to stay in something that God never designed for you to stay in. Brother don't step out on you how many times? Evidently, he ain't willing to be with you. So the Bible says, if they are willing to live with you, then you should not divorce them. I have several friends, they are in that position. Both of them, they were unsaved when they got married. One of them caught on fire with the Lord. And bro, man, like, you know, you do your church thing. You know, I ain't never stopping you. I'm going to be sitting on the couch watching the game. Well, I'm just tired because he just won't preach it. He got a mighty anointing on his life. Well, he willing. Leave him alone. Let me show you the wisdom. 1 Corinthians 7.14 says, For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the believing wife has been sanctified through our believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. Let me explain further. First, 1 Peter 3 and 1 says, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husband, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. You, you, you don't understand. You don't understand. Come here, Lady McGee. Come here, come here, come here. Yeah, my props. Clean my hands. You gonna touch me? Can you kiss me? Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, we no, 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 no. <laughs> Jesus. I am. Um, let me get this joke off of me. I'm yoked up to something else. Oh, no, the devil is a lie. <laughs> Loose me and let me go. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> Watch this. She is the believer. 
I'm the believer. We were both unsaved when we got married, you know. We did the club thing. We did the party thing. Every weekend, we drove over to New Orleans, did our thing. And um, lo and behold, one day, she came home talking about, I got a new man. You got a what? Where he at? Where he at? He can't do for you like I can, like I can. Where he at? You can't see him. What you mean I can't see him? He's somewhere. What's his name? His name is Jesus. Who? Who is Jesus? It's right here in the Bible. That's Jesus. That ain't Jesus. That's it. So she's on fire for the Lord. I'm just not there yet. I ain't there. I want to be with her, but I really want her to come back because but I ain't going to stop her from doing her little thing. Okay, you want okay, you do a little church thing. You do a little church thing. But watch this. The scripture teaches her, if I'm willing, don't leave me. This is why the Bible says this. Because you are one of the only things that can save his soul from hell. Because if you, if you leave him, the closest thing that could have pulled him out of darkness it's not gone. So I know for my, watch this, the married sisters pulling on to an unsaved husband, married brothers holding on to an unsaved wife. I know sometimes this gets hard. And it's easy to become weary in your well doing. But I got three things I want to encourage you. Because before we leave, I want to pray a grace over you that God will give you to do three things. Number one, to give you the grace to model your faith. That's what Peter challenged him to do. He says, "With your testimony is one of the things that's going to reach them. You, you yourself have to live out what you believe. Not just talk the love of Jesus, but you got to live the love of Jesus. And putting a, you going to hell track in a shaving kit ain't going to help. <laughs> have, have y'all ever noticed that you know I, I, I was in a grocery store and this guy in front of me uh, a lady um, the lady in front of him gave him a track and it said something like you going to hell and he was like oh okay <laughs> and he turned around and laughed at me and I was like I was actually kind of embarrassed because Jesus never approached anybody like that Mm-mm. No, first thing that Jesus did was actually to establish some type of rapport with them. Did he rebuke, rebuke them for their sins? Absolutely. But the rebuke was in the context of the relationship that he established with them. You actually have no rapport with this brother at all, and you just pointed your finger in his face, told him he's going to hell. You think he's going to just get saved now? Or think you a lunatic? So number one, you got to model the faith. Number two, you have to actually speak faith. Somebody shout, speak faith. faith. What do you mean? Sometimes you can become weary in your well-doing, and you can start speaking against the process that God is using you to build. You just ain't going to never get it. I'm just tired of this. Watch this, the power in life or death lies where, y'all? That's in the tongue. 
Now, now watch this. Let, let me go back and divide. The, put a line. I'm not, I'm not talking about the individual, y'all approaching marriage, and you know that she's not in the place she's supposed to be. He's not in the place he's supposed to be. I'm not talking about that. And you think you're just going to get saved and God going to use you. Baby, you're going to go through so much hell. I'm telling you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ones that are already married. Already married. Number one, you got to model faith. I'm done, Chris. Number two, you got to speak faith. Number three, you got to pray for godly conviction. Amen. I hear my heart on this. Because there is a work in the heart of your spouse that only the Holy Spirit can do. And you trying to be their Holy Spirit is not going to pull them towards Christ. It's only going to drive them away from Jesus. Are y'all listening to me in this place? In a couple of weeks. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, there are just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted your life in any way and you'd love to help us to continue to impact the lives of others, go to our website, empowerthecity.org, and select Give Now. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time.